You have your Bibles open. You're in the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And we now come to the last chapter. We're fixing to close this book out. Now, when you come into the 13th chapter of Hebrews you start to see that um, it's almost like the writer of Hebrews uh, had a, a lot of things that he wanted to say earlier, but he waited to the end to say something about them. Uh, you start in uh, verse 1 and go through, he starts to name a number of things. So we see he talks about love and he uh, talks about hospitality. He talks about marriage. He talks about uh, a, a number of things. He talks about uh, being uh, material things. And it's almost like he's just kind of, you know, just you know, say, I got to get this in before I close this letter out. Well, also understand the context in which he's speaking of. In chapter number 11, he gives us the whole chapter where he gives us examples of faith. And then in chapter 12, we see the encouragement uh, of those who are faithful. Remember, he starts talking about uh, being in the race and running the race and, uh, and all of that. And then when you come to the 13th verse... We see here, he is now giving evidence of faith. And we see, we're just going to be looking at verses 1 through 3 tonight because of time's sake. We're going to see a number of things. But the theme that he's referring to here is love. Love. Now, we understand the Bible talks about there's three different kinds of love. There's uh, what we're looking at tonight is philo. In the Greek, it means brotherly love. This, uh, the city of Philadelphia, that's what that uh, city means. It means it's the city of brotherly love. Now, I'm not uh, trying to be uh, ugly about it, but if you've ever been to Philadelphia, they've kind of messed uh, what their meaning of their city is. Uh, there's no left-hand turns. Philadelphia is well known that they boo their own. Uh, they boo their own teams. Philadelphia. I've been to Philadelphia to the airport, and uh, they're, they're they they they're kind of a rough bunch right there. And I'm thinking, where's the brotherly love they were talking about here? But then we also see there's a agape love, and that's a godlike love. That's a love that's unconditional. And then the third is, uh, uh, is where we get our word for erotic. It's a physical love. But here tonight, we're going to see in these first three verses that the, uh, the love that is evidence that we have faith. So uh, we've already talked about this. That you can go ahead and say you can have all kinds of faith. But it really doesn't matter until we see it put in action. Okay, that's, that's what he's talking about here. There should be some evidence that you have a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, and I'm not saying that you're not supposed to be talking about your faith. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is that if we're living a life of faith, we shouldn't have to tell somebody that we're people of faith. They ought to see it in us. Okay, are y'all with me? 
And so here he talks, uh, and the first thing that we come to is he makes reference to a fellowship. You have your Bibles open. We're looking in verse number 1. It says, and let brotherly love continue. In other words, it's to be uh, something that's ever going. It's, it keeps on keeping on, if you will. It's not something that's hit and miss. It's something that should be consistent. There's a lost and dying world that's looking for real love. There's a, there's a lost and dying world that's looking for something that's genuine. And they really don't care about what you're saying. They want to see it in action. And they want to see it consistently. That's what he talks about here. Then in verse 2, and he says, And be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Then verse number 3 says, Remember, remember who? Remember them that are in the bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as of being yourselves also in the body. So for just the few moments that we have together, there's three things that we're going to look at. The first one that we see in verse number one is that if you are a person of faith, your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, the first evidence that they should see in you is love. Love. Now, he talks about brotherly love. And the first thing that we see is that this kind of love enlightens. In John chapter 13, verse number 35, the Bible tells us there is that, oh, how will they know that you're my disciples? There's a question there. How will they know, Jesus speaking here, how do would they know that you're one of my disciples? And then, not only does he ask the question, but he gives the answer to it. He says, by the way you love one another. See, the lost world is looking at us. And they're wanting to see something that's real. They're wanting to see what true love really is. We have cheapened that word love. I mean, you know, we, we, we just flippantly use that word love. Uh, guys, many of you have referred to your bass boat. I love my boat. And all the men that have bass boats say, Amen. Uh, we, we, we talk about uh, a certain food. Oh, I just love spaghetti. And then we'll say, I, I love this and I love that. And uh, we'll put all of that and kind of put it in a uh, kind of a heap. And then we'll say something like this. By the way, men, uh, I'm going to help you out tonight. Do not use in the same sentence that you love your bass boat and then turn around and say, I love you, honey. <laughs> Don't do that. Because they're looking at you and saying, oh, you love me as much as your boat? Uh, am I right, ladies? And, and, and so he, he, we use that word uh, and we use it so frequently and we use it without even thinking that we cheapen the meaning of the word, what love really is. Here he says, they will know that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. How do we love one another here at Hillcrest Baptist Church? 
Now, understand, it's easy to love on one another when we're lovable, right? I mean, it's easy for you to love me when I'm lovable to you. But what happens when we don't, uh, uh, we're not as lovable? That's when we need to understand. That's where true love comes into play. That even when you're unlovable, I'm still loving you. Now, I might not like what you're doing. I might not like the way you presented yourself to me, but I still love you. Why? Because I'm one of the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've came to realize that even while I was yet unlovable, Christ loved me enough to go to the old rugged cross. And when I was yet a sinner, He still loved me enough to die in my place and to pay the penalty that I could not pay. And He died and He rose on the third day and he's going to come back and get me one sweet glorious day. See, notice Jesus, the kind of love that we're looking at is agape love. It's a love that doesn't matter where you're at or who you are or what you've done. He loves us unconditionally. Can we say that about one another here tonight? There's a lost and dying world that's looking... Here again, here's another song that's going to come to your mind. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. Some of you have been to some of those places. And is it not a crying shame that when you talk to folks that go to those kind of places, and, and they'll say, why do you go to that place? Because they love me down there. They don't know what love is. Because I've been in some of those places. And I've come to understand I was all right as long as I had money in my wallet and I had a credit card and I was taking care of all the boys around me. But when my money ran out and when I started to get in trouble and I picked up the phone and I said, hey, can you get me out of jail? They didn't even know who I was. That's not love. Love is unconditional. And we love one another because He first loved us. And so here, he says, it enlightens people. But notice in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 14, we see that the evidence of love. How do, we, how do we know we have that love? How do we know that we're safe folks? How do we know that we're a saint of God? Well, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 14, it says, Death has passed into life. How do we know? How do we know when you, when you have went from death into light? Now, he's talking about salvation here. Because the Bible is quite clear, we were dead in our trespasses. Okay? We were doomed and destined for a place called hell. But because of what Jesus Christ did for us, when He reached down with His grace and His mercy and He plucked us up uh, and He helped us to realize that we needed a Savior and He loved us enough to where He said, I don't want you to go uh, to hell, but I'm going to give you a gift, a wonderful gift, this gift of salvation. And the only reason He did it is because He loved us. And so when you got saved... You were dead, but now you're alive and alive forevermore. How, what is the evidence of that? Well, it tells us by the way you love your brethren. 
How do you know that you're saved? By the way you love your brothers and sisters. Now, I started thinking about this. I, I thought, man, I, I, got a, I got some work to do here. Now, I'll just be honest with you. And there are some people that you just really don't want to fool with. Don't look at me like you're so spiritual here. Every one of you. And here's the sad part. Some of them are part of the fellowship. Now, we, I know we've gone to preaching to meddling now. My dear friend, when you come to a point in time in your life and you know I, I shouldn't be feeling this way, here's what's going to help you. You just go back to the cross. You just think about what Jesus did for you. You just think about when everybody else gave up on you, Jesus didn't. And then when I'm, I'm telling you, we, somebody ought to have a spell right here to come to realize I was dead. I was dead. I was going to bust hell wide open. But because of the love and mercy of God Almighty, He reached down, plucked me up, gave me new life in Jesus Christ. Now, how can I not love someone that's unlovable because He loved me when I was unlovable? That's what the fellowship should be about. How do they know out there that we're believers? How do they know that we have a fellowship how do they know we're family? By the way we love one another. But then he goes on. And he says, it also gives an example in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 16. How do you know love? Now, there's been books written about it. And, and, and there's the five languages of love. I understand all those. And, and the good books, I'm not discounting all that. But how do we define love? How do you know how to love? The only way that we can know how to love is that we understand that Jesus gave his life for me and I should be willing to do the same for you. That's a tough one right there, isn't it? You mean, I, I, they expect me to die for you? That's what the Bible's saying. Greater love have no man than he gives his life. We have veterans here in this church that gave that supreme sacrifice. They were willing. This is not Veterans Day, but every day ought to be Veterans Day. They were willing to give the ultimate sacrifice so that you could go free. And I thank God that we have men and women serving then and serving now who said, here's how much I love my country. Here's how much I love my countrymen. I'm willing to die for them. And my dear friend, we better never ever lose sight of that fact. 
We ought to show the utmost respect for our veterans and those that are in uniform today because they didn't have to do it. They didn't get drafted around this. We don't all have a draft. They volunteered to do it. And I'm grateful for that. But that pales in comparison to what my Lord did for me. He didn't have to die for me. He didn't have to go. But he went willingly. Why? Because the very simple fact is that he loved me. And that's what we need to understand. That we are to have love, brotherly love, for one another. But then he moves on in verse number 2. Because of that love, there ought to be some hospitality. Now we use that term quite a bit. We also flip that word around. What does it mean? Well, in verse number 2 it says that uh, we are to entertain strangers. Now understand the context in which we're talking here. Back in this day, there would be those that were, would be traveling. Many of them would be ministers or, 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 or preachers, if you will. And this word stranger means someone that you do not know personally. Now, as they were traveling, many of them had, uh, were, were poor. And all the preachers say, yeah, I know how that is. And, and so they couldn't go into an inn, couldn't afford that. So they would go to a home. And they were the ones that owned the home there were obligated, if you will, to bring them in. We see, still see that uh, in Israel. Uh, you'll see it not as much as you used to, but the Bedouins. And they would be out in the tent. I've been told, and I've been wanting to do this, but I've been told that if you go up to one of those tents, uh, because of their culture, uh, they would take you in for the night. Don't know you, don't know who you are, but they would take you in. That's what we're talking about here. It says we are to show hospitality to those. Uh, in Matthew uh, chapter 7, we, we see the, the hospitality uh, there is that we, we bring someone in and, and we're going to help them. And it says, oh, 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 he says here, whatever you would have men to do for you, you would do for men. In other words, my grandmother would say, you treat people the way you want to be treated. That's hospitality. Now notice, he, he goes on and says, stranger, but notice he also says, uh, be careful of those that you entertain. It could very well be you're entertaining an angel. Now I want you to know, I believe the Bible is quite clear, is that there are angels. The Bible calls them ministering angels or messengers. The word actually angel means messenger. Okay? And, and so we, we, we go and, and we're to be hospitable uh, and show hospitality. We have a hospitality committee. And usually what that means in the church is that's the folks that feed you. We're going a little further than this. It says that we are going to take care of them just like we would want somebody to take care of us. Church, may I remind you, it's not the government's responsibility to take care of us. It's not uh, anyone else to take. It's our responsibility to take care of one another. 
That's what the body of believers is to do. We're supposed to take care of ourselves. Why? Because we're family. I've heard this when I was growing up. Family takes care of family. And it holds true within this fellowship here. We're to treat one another, show hospitality to one another like we would want to be treated. I'm telling you, I've been in some churches where apparently they lost sight of that. I've been in churches where they were looking after themselves and nobody else. The modern church, if you study the modern church, and we have a generation that's, being, that's being, uh, coming up behind us that has this mentality, I'm just responsible for me. Now, if you're a believer and you're a part of that fel- this fellowship, that is not the way you ought to be looking at things. You're not looking at it, what I'm getting out of it, but what can I give to it? We've lost sight of that. Here it goes and he says, and angels. It could very well be that you one time a day, and maybe you have a story to go with this, that you met somebody, didn't know who they were, but they just happened, and I just don't think things just happen. But someone came into your life at the time that you needed somebody. It could have been that you entertained your guardian angel. Now, I can give you stories where I really believe that God sent some ministering angels to me and helped me when I really needed some help. Many of you can testify to the fact as well. Maybe you were somewhere that you hadn't been before. You didn't know how to get around or whatnot. And someone just kind of appeared and helped you find direction or whatever it may be. Have you ever entertained the thought that that could have been your angel, guardian angel? He says here, why would it be here in the Scriptures? He says... Uh, be careful how you entertain because you may be entertaining an angel. But then we see in verse number 3, he says, because of our love, we should show hospitality uh, to strangers. But also in verse number 3, we are to show our love for those who are imprisoned. Look, he says, remember, uh, them that are in bonds, chains, He's talking about those that have been incarcerated, not because they committed a crime, but because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, now, you remember them that are in bonds or in chain as if you were in chains yourself. And then he goes on and says that suffered adversity. And he says, as being yourselves also in the body. What's he talking about? We have brothers and sisters that we do not know by name. We have brothers and sisters that talk uh, a different language. But we ought to have a concern for them because they're in chains because of their faith. You don't hear about it on CBS or NBC, 
You don't hear it much on Fox News either. But there are those tonight that could very well lose their life just because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says here, we ought to have a love for them. I don't even know who they are. They're a brother and sister. Doesn't matter if you know their name or not. He says that we ought to, to, uh, to, we ought to be praying for them. We ought to be encouragement to them because it could very well be one day you might find yourself in the same situation. Now notice here, he says, uh, not only though, but those who uh, are facing or suffering adverse. There is someone here tonight. Listen. There could very well be someone here tonight. They're not in behind bars. But Satan is eating them up. And they're suffering. They're not, they're not suffering because they mess things up. They're suffering because Satan hates them because they're trying to do something for the cause of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, church, we need to be conscious of that and we need to be in prayer for those. I'm telling you, you ask God, God, you show me somebody that needs some encouragement. He'll show you somebody that needs some encouragement. Lord, would you help me understand there is someone who is shackled and chained. Now, not physically speaking, but spiritually speaking. They're having a tough time. They're saved. They know they're saved, but they're just, they're just having a tough time. And instead of kicking them to the curb and saying, well, I don't understand why you've fallen into that trap. I don't understand. You're in a church that preaches the Bible and uh, teaches the Bible. I can't understand why you are enslaved and why you are getting so messed up with Satan. Shame on you for thinking that. My dear friend, it could be you tomorrow. And here, what are we supposed to do? We are to come alongside them and let them know they're not in this thing by themselves. There's a lost and dying world. They could be addicted to alcohol. They could be addicted uh, to oxy. They, they, they could have a whole lot of lists. There, there might be a young lady who's been trapped in prostitution, doesn't know how to get their way out of that. And she's done some things that she's ashamed of, but nobody else is coming alongside because we don't mess with those people. We stay away from those people. Shame on us, church. That's the very ones that need to go and to see what true love is and what it means to be that at one time I was where you were but because of the grace and the love of Jesus Christ he's plucked me up some of you have a testimony that you'd be ashamed to tell us tonight because of the depravity that you went but aren't you glad there was a God that loved you enough that he didn't give up on you and he lifted you up oh somebody ought to praise him now that you've been set free and you've never been the same before folks that's what the church is about and that's the ones we got to love. I heard a preacher say, you know what's wrong with our church? We don't have enough drunkards and prostitutes. Now, I understood what he was talking about. What he was talking about is the reason why they're still where they're at 
is because we have not shown them the love of Jesus Christ. And we do a good job of going and evangelizing. But it seems to me like sometimes we want to pick and choose who we're going to evangelize. We want to pick somebody that looks more like us. We want to be picking somebody that dresses more like we do. That's not what the church is about. Jesus Christ died for all. He died for the prostitute. He died for the drug dealer. And I had a wrestle with this one. He even died for that man who's murdered his little five-year-old. And I'll just be honest with you. When I first heard of that, I was in the flesh. I was ready to go ahead. Say, why didn't they just go ahead and put a bullet to his head? And then the Holy Spirit said, what if I let that happen to you before you got saved? Now you can say and say, well, he's not talking about me tonight. I haven't done anything like that. I haven't gone that far down. Your sin is still dirty just as it's dirty. There's no degree in sin. Sin, sin. And the Lord Jesus died for all of our sins. Aren't you glad tonight He died for your sin? Aren't you glad tonight that He showed you the love, the only unconditional love that you could have? He says, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take you just like you are. But I'm not going to keep you like you are. I've said this many times. For some reason, we think we have to clean people up before they can come to know Jesus Christ. Our job is not to clean them up. Our job is to catch them. Jesus can clean them up. And by the way, when Jesus cleans you up, He cleans you up. Amen. Society hasn't learned that yet. I was in prison ministry for a number of years. This is not my notes, but I just got to say it. And, and, and they were having all kinds of educational programs. I had guys that were in my, uh, in my group that were getting their master's degree. Their education was being paid for, and well, that's another story for another day. They were doing everything they can to kind of dress them up and try to educate them. And it was all in vain. Because the problem that they have is not an outward problem. The problem they have is an inward problem. And they need to have a heart change. And only the Lord Jesus Christ can change our hearts. Amen? Amen. And here we need to understand that uh, you can look pretty on the outside, but you can be ugly on the inside. That the question here that we need to understand tonight is, what's love got to do with it? It has everything to do with it. Because without the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, we would not understand what real love means. Because He first loved me and I accepted that love and now the love of Jesus lives inside of me and I ought to show you outwardly how much I love Him. My dear friend, you'll be able to love one another 
better when you love Him better. So the question for us tonight is, what does love have to do with it for you? you, Can you really say tonight, I love the saints? Can you really say tonight that I love my brothers and sisters? Can you really say tonight that uh, I want to show hospitality and I want to show kindness to those who I don't even know and especially to those that I do know? But the question for some of you tonight is, have you ever experienced the true love of Jesus Christ? It changes everything else. We're fixing to go in an invitation. Our invitation is this. If you've never have come to know Jesus and you've never been truly saved, you've never had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, this invitation is for you. Do you understand tonight? It doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter how wicked you, your sins are. Jesus still loves you. How do we know that? Because He went to Calvary for you. There's a song that we sing. Oh, and it talks about that He, Jesus had me on His mind. 